and we are off and running on the Twitter X space. Ryder Cup day one, baby. Let's get it. Wanted to hop on here, get the day started out here in Rome uh, a, a little bit early, just unable to do the podcast, so this was just the next best option. Had a chance to walk Marco Simone today. Want to run down the points of where we stand with this betting market as it comes to a, cl- a close, a prediction that came to fruition for us as far as reading this market as we're closing with USA, uh, the Team USA rather, as a consensus underdog really everywhere but circus sports. USA is an underdog on the two-way and three-way, on the uh, three-way betting option rather. And then as far as approaching this thing day-to-day now, we're about 80 minutes away from this thing getting going here with Rahm and Hatton versus Scheffler and Burns to lead this thing off. So we have about 80 minutes. How are we approaching it day-to-day? Sports books are getting their business, usually on the Sunday singles. Um, what can we identify today? First things first, with Marco Simone, as I said, had a chance to walk it today after the opening ceremonies. Cannot tell you how impressed I am with this property. First of all, it's a fascinating property. 10 miles, it feels a lot longer, but it's 10 miles outside of the central part of Rome, where I'm broadcasting right now, in fact. About a nine hour, or excuse me, a nine hour, nine iron from the Spanish steps, maybe one of Fairway Jesus's mini drivers to the Trevi Fountain. So we're in a perfect location, but it took forever to get there. Between the train stops, uh, multiple stops on the way back, it took forever. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a hike. The ticket situation for the practice round was a fiasco because the system was down. So if, if you had to assign the tickets, it didn't download them. You had to get in line. Uh, the whole thing getting in there was a fiasco. It took longer getting back, but it's beautiful. It's actually very unique with the farmland that surrounds it, the hints of the farmland within it. I think the top-notch setting for the Ryder Cup is exactly what Marco Simone represents. I know there were concerns based on the past Italian Opens they've had with how they kept the golf course and such, and nobody's really really seen the Getty up for a Ryder Cup, which, by the way, over here in Europe, blows away what we got in the States. Comparing this to the setup that they had at the U.S. Open at the LACC, especially with the sophistication with the grandstands, it's just another level. It's just out of this world. It's just top-notch. You add in the risk-reward. You add in the fact that this place is just made for theater. You add in the good mix of holes, whether it's the long irons on the par fours with the drivable par fours, decisions to make all over the golf course, true par threes. The par threes don't really stand out, per se, but they're good golf holes, and they're playing 195 to 222. So I like the mix of the holes, and I like the placement of these big screens, The placement of the holes, it actually might give these fans, and I might be there Saturday, but it might give these fans some hope because everybody that I talk to about this Ryder Cup is that it's a logistical nightmare. It's a total mess. Too many people watching four groups. You can't see a thing. You need the big screens. So I love the placement of the big screens. I like these holes where you can have your head on a swivel and get an idea of what's going on, not only from the screens, but maybe catch a couple of shots at once, which is very unique. Totally impressed with this place. I could see why one over here in Italy that steps foot on this property to play, to 
to caddy, to spectate, might view this as their version of Augusta National. That's what you see in the fairways. Might look a little burnt out at times, but when you get the purest spot in the fairway, it, it, it has a little bit of an Augusta smell. You look at the character in the bunkers, the color of the sand, the perfect greens, you can see how they could look up to this course. It's that nice. One of the nicest properties I've ever bet on. Uh, again, hope to have the opportunity to be there on Saturday. It certainly won't be on the grounds because I don't know if I could take that many people, many of whom are going to act like complete idiots, all liquored up. I don't know if I could take that all day for two sessions. I'm looking to get in the tent. That's where I want to be in an event like this. I don't want to be wrapped up in all of that nonsense all day. That might get a little bit old to me. I appreciate the atmosphere. I, appre- I appreciate this event. Uh, I appreciate what it stands for. But that's just not something I'm looking to get wrapped up in while not knowing if I'm going to be able to get, get all of these shots in. Have an idea of where all these matches are going. I need to be on top of this thing. So we're going to do this thing from the apartment here in Rome for a couple of days, stay on top of it, and go from there. But I got to say, I'd love to go back there. And I think this, this course might just have some hope with the setup here to accommodate the spectating. And remember, I'm a little salty right now because this, the last event I went to was that U.S. Open. And boy, was it just an atrocious event for spectating. Couldn't have been a worse setup. Love the golf course. It was a gem. And I actually thought there was a little too much heat brought on that golf course for how it played in the U.S. Open, considering that two guys were at 10 under after two rounds, but held steady after that, firmed up after that. I thought people were too hard on that golf course, but when it comes to spectating, disaster. When it comes to that trophy club that we got wrapped up into, gross misrepresentation, from what I've been told at least of how those tickets or what those tickets usually do for you. Not put you in some bogus tent. Not on one single hole. Right when you walk in they put you in some bogus tent. Other than that, you're on the grounds. Why even have the why even have the trophy club? Hence why there was nobody in there. Total ripoff. I could see everything going pretty smooth here at Marco Simone. It has that type of a feel. It's got nothing but good vibes at it. And I think uh, it's a perfect stage for a Ryder Cup. You could argue it's not a good stage for a major championship. You might say, eh, I could go without the blind shots. I need my fairways a little wider than this. I mean, you know, yeah, they did have the primary rough cut down in favor of the Europeans. This is a team that drives the shit out of the golf ball, more so for distance, not much accuracy. So they get to this place two weeks ago. They had them shave that rough down. It's not going to play that thick. Now, if you get in that second layer, which I posted a video on my Instagram today, If you get in that second layer, you could lose a golf ball. But just off the fairway, it's not as much a penalty as it it once was deemed to be heading into this event. So that's going to be an advantage for the Europeans. But I could see why an amateur wouldn't want to play out here. Blind shots, got to hit the fairway, greens look unfair. This ain't no fun. I'm getting my ass kicked out here. When it comes for a Ryder Cup it looks like the perfect setting. And that's while also acknowledging that this may not be a very good setting for a major championship. Hard to say for sure right now as we enter day one, but for the Ryder Cup, I think we have ourselves a perfect fit and I hope that pays off for the spectators as well. Um, be, because it is rough, you know, talking to everybody that I, I have that's been to this event, 
while they're happy to go to the event and be a part of the event and check it off that bucket list in some cases, the first thing that comes up in the conversation each time is, dude, you can't see a thing. It's a nightmare. Shoulder to shoulder. Four groups. Nightmare. That may not be the case here. We'll see. I think they got the space. I think they got the setup. Uh, I don't think they, I mean, they already sold way too many tickets, but this thing is sold out. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, from a betting standpoint, as I said, if you eliminate circus sports, this, mark, this is a market-wide underdog we're talking about in the United States. If you've been keeping up with us and keeping up with the podcast, you should be on the right side of this thing, regardless of what side you're on. Because we expressed our lean toward Team Europe 9, 10 weeks ago when this thing was at plus 180. Hell, there was a plus 200 out there. Credit to Jeff Sherman who shared with us that he got on that plus 200. And it became pretty clear that this thing was going to keep ticking down because of the home course advantage because of the uncertainty with the U.S. roster, and because of the big three for Team Europe, I think having Rory, Hovland, and Rom, you just can't sniff that big three. So for those reasons, I think you saw the market tick down. Some view this as a pick match. Some give the slightly in the United States. Some give the slightly in the Europe, such as myself. But... It never read Europe plus 200, plus 180. Then it got the 75, 70, 65, 60. And then 50 hung out there for quite some time, 10, 13, 14 days. And then we saw the downfall to 20 and 25. And then here we are right now with Europe. Um, look, t- technically as high as minus 125, but that's due not in large part, but all part to the South Point joining the list of books that just don't pay attention to golf and uh, haven't taken that 30 seconds to punch in what is the Ryder Cup and how does it work into the Google page, which is, is just fascinating to me that, that, that these books are not on top of this golf. I know it's a 2, two or 3 percenter, maybe after COVID, 3.5 percenter when it comes to the big picture. It's a nothing burger when it comes to the NFL and the college football handle. But man, it just surprises me that you have win and stations putting up Europe at a different price on the two-way versus the three-way as if they don't know and they don't know that the United States retained the cup with a tie when you have that two-way option, quote-unquote, to lift the trophy. So just mistakes all over the place. So technically speaking, the low price on Europe right now is minus buck twenty-five. Generally speaking, it's painted 110, 105. South Point, for some reason, still leaving the minus 125 uh, on Europe on the three-way and then, and then plus 105 on the two-way and going back and forth with that. It, it will never add up to me. Very surprising, actually. Um, very surprising. So that's where we stand right now. If you like the United States 10 weeks ago, you should be getting a great price today. In fact, I think there might be a plus 125 hanging at the aforementioned South Point because of the craziness that they go in they have going on in their board right now. And if you like Team Europe, if you got the 180, good for you. If you got the 165 or better, good for you. And if you got the 150 or better, as Ryan Ballinger said when he came on the podcast, if you see that 150 or better, hop on it right now because it's going to keep dipping. And that's exactly what it did. 
So it's no secret what side we're on here. Uh, we got Europe four ways. I don't know anybody that, that made a big move to hedge. The big play really was the insurance on the tie. When you're attacking Europe at plus 150 or better on the three-way option, and you see Ty hanging up there at 13 to 1 plus 1350. Sometimes an insurance play is necessary, and we felt that the insurance play on the tie was absolutely necessary if you were getting 150 or better. If you made a late play on Europe in the plus 110 to plus 125 range, I wouldn't even bother with it. I know it's tough to say that now after the Solheim disaster last week because we were net losers because of that three way loss, because of that tie. Um, although, you know, the ladies did come back from 04 down. Just didn't have some things go our way on that Sunday, headlined by that Georgia Hall 3-jack from 10 feet. I think the better team retained the cup. I think they could have easily won that 15 and a half, maybe 16. I digress. It was a loser. We tried to fight back. Couldn't climb all the way back. Um, But it's no secret where we're at here. It's Europe times four. It's Europe with the tie. And... um, and I just hope that everybody, regardless of what side you're on, is, is on the at least won the battle in the marketplace, and now you go try to win the war. That's how this thing works. Win the battle in the marketplace, and then go win the war. And it's out of your hands at that point. So hopefully by that time you hit your 53, 55, 56, 57%, add in some plus money, and you're doing pretty damn well. As far as today goes, um, look, the approach for me is, is quite you know, what the books expect. The increased handle on the Sunday singles. However, we did get involved on one play today. I wanted to get involved on two just because I figured Cantlay and Shoffley would have been being dealt some serious, not serious, but um, plus money. A true plus money dog to Rory and Fleetwood, that anchor spot on the back end of the morning foursomes. That ended up at minus 110, minus 112, pretty much across the board. That ended up being a stay away for me. That was going to be a spot where I was actually thinking about taking a, a flyer here, which all of a sudden I think might be a bad spot for Rory McIlroy. I bet this guy at 9-1 to to lead the way in points. I did not expect him to draw this match to open up this event. And here we are with McIlroy and Fairway Jesus with a, in my mind, very tough matchup against Cantlay and Shoffley, who are very comfortable together, who finished the season strong. You saw these guys at their best. I think that is priced accordingly. I was expecting maybe to get some 110, 115 on the aforementioned Americans in that match. Did not find it. Instead, we settled for John Rahm, the opener, which I think is going to be a big-time tone setter. John Rahm and... Um, John Rahm leading this way with uh, T-Rell Hatton, the hotheads, right? Who knows? It could kill them with the way they act. After the, It could be a detriment to their game, which it has been in the past. Or they could feed off of each other. It could help each other. With Scotty Scheffler, him succumbing to the pressure in the FedEx playoff for the second consecutive year, with the way he was missing fairways, with you know, still no proof that the putter has improved, I need to see it from Scotty Scheffler on the stage, and I just don't think Burns is the partner. I just don't quite see why everybody's in love with that, with that team. We took the minus 116 at FanDuel. 
because there was a 35 and 38 out there, we felt pretty good about it to consider at least a medium play. Uh, left it at that for day one. This day one price on Team Europe was plus 140 at one point. We're now down to 120. We took a pass there. Instead, it's Rom, it's Hatton, minus 116. I'd probably go up to 125, but once you're getting up to 38 and 35, it's probably time to take a pass with the 18-hole alternate shot. It's just, there's just too much variance there for me. Too much variance. As far as the other action today that others uh, sent across my desk, I mean, there are some members of the community that just bet the tie every which way. You have four matches. If you're being dealt a tie at plus 500 or better, 5 to 1 or better, and in their case, I think they only had one at 5 to 1. It was 525 and 575 the other ways. I don't see that being a bad way to go. If you want to take a seat from the side and go on the ties, think about it. Four matches, five to one or better. It is alternate shot. You're more likely to get a string of pars down the stretch in alternate shot versus the afternoon session with the four ball, best ball, right? You're playing your own ball. You're going to have more birdies down the stretch. When it comes to alternate shot, it's just different. I would say that I do not disagree with that strategy at all. At all. I've not gotten involved at this point. There's a lot of balls in the air right now on my end with, this, uh, with, with, with the investment strategy for day one and, and the event as a whole. I have not made that move. However, I do not disagree with that move. And I will just leave it at that. I wanted the bite of uh, plus money with Cantlay. Didn't get it. I wanted a little bit more on the return with Big Fella and Straka, who I think might be a little bit overlooked. I know I have a soft spot for Lowry, but I think they might be a little overlooked here. I think they might be overlooked. I just didn't get the the plus 160, plus 165. I thought there was going to be a little bit of an opportunity there to take the, the biggest plus money match of the day, a partnership that I happen to think has a chance tomorrow. It was priced accordingly. I haven't gotten involved yet. Remember, I'm treading lightly here on the day-to-day, especially when it comes to this alternate shot. I got hosed in the Solheim Cup. I got hosed uh, two years ago with the alternate shot. I'm taking it light here on the alternate shot because I just don't have a a good history with the alternate shot. With that said, with the way this is structured, um, you have the Europeans favored in three of these four matches. From a European standpoint, you have to be leading this after the first session with what you're throwing out there. It was a bit of a surprise with the way Zach Johnson went about his business here. I'm not going to go the whole chess versus checkers route yet. Yes, it is an interesting game plan to sit Kepka. I disagree with that. Spieth and Thomas, you can plug him in wherever. They were, they were never going to play. I didn't think they were going to be playing both, both matches today. So I didn't have a huge problem with that. Let's let this play out. But it is interesting nevertheless. And Luke Donald, look. He's, he's firing his gun right now, Luke Donald. So I like where we sit right now, not only because of where this market went, not only because of where we predicted it to go and the numbers and so forth. I just like this, this start, this p- potential start for Team Europe with Rom leading the way and to have McElroy and Fleetwood. And it's not that I got involved on the minus 110 or minus 112. But to have McElroy and Fleetwood 
in that anchor spot just in case things don't get off to a hot start. Remember, this is Aberg's first Ryder Cup. Hell, if you want to play, I mean, you, you, you might want to f- consider that a little bit of an overreaction as far as putting Aberg and Hovland at minus 140. Hovland's officially getting priced like he's the best player in the world. Not saying I disagree with him potentially being in that conversation, but that's the reality of the price. And this Aberg, we already know about the, the, the market inflation there with Ludwig Aberg. And I, I love me some Ludwig Aberg, but when we got behind him at the uh, British PGA Championship, he turned into Ludwig Aberg. And I still just need to see it from Aberg. Look, I can't be hard on Rose Zhang at the Solheim and not have the same kind of thing, way of thinking with Ludwig Aberg. I wasn't expecting super big things from Rosang because of that stage. And while Aberg can blow up by all of these guys, and while he might be a better short wedge, short wedge player than all of these guys at some point in his career, we have to consider the fact that this is his kid's, this kid's first go-around I can't be hard on Rose Zhang, who, by the way, was put in a terrible position by Stacey Lewis. The fact that Stacey Lewis puts Rose Zhang in that two spot, not that she knew she was going to be going up against McGuire, but a valuable spot like that for a young player on that stage. I mean, Stacey Lewis, if you want to look at the, all these positives coming out for the Solheim Cup for that Team USA team, I didn't quite see many positives. In fact, I see Stacey Lewis as the first captain to, to not come away victorious after having a 4-0 lead in the first session. That's what she's going to be remembered for. The first time being up 4-0, didn't come home with the cup. Rosang being in that two spot on the final day may have had something to do with that because you either have to put a big-time player in there on that stage or one of your weaker players. Not a middling player with a ton of potential, but young in Rosang. I can't go crazy on this Ludwig Aberg because of that, to be fair. The price... For Aberg and Hovland, that seems just a touch high. However, Hovland and Aberg have been quite good to us, specifically Victor Hovland. So that's not a train that I feel like stepping in front of just because my number happens to be a little bit off when you consider the support that I already have for this Team Europe team, this uh, Team Europe roster as a whole. Is anybody in our community hedging this thing? Uh, the answer is no. Hell no. We won that market battle. Now we have to win the war. That's our plan for day one. That was our plan for the Ryder Cup as a whole. Enjoy the coverage if you're up for it. I know it's, what are we looking at here? About 9.30 Pacific, 12.30 out east. From Rome, Italy. This is Nick Spatala. And we will be in touch.
forget 